Clayton. John Clayton. Hey, Ma, I'm done with my segment. This is the Coors Light Cold Hard Facts with John Clayton. Brought to you by Coors Light. Made to chill. We're talking football with the professor, John Clayton. If you guys have questions for John, you know what to do. Text those questions in to 421-3776. That's 421-ESPN. We'll try to get to some of your questions before we let them go for the day. Hello, John. Hello, guys, and welcome back, Dave. Hi, John. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. That's good. John, you sound much better. You feeling better? Not really. No? All right. Uh, Well, I hope you feel better. I hope. Okay. Uh, boy, this is a this is a rough day for the NFL in terms of uh, it's their highest positive test day in terms of COVID. thirty seven positive yeah. COVID tests today, and the Rams are being impacted. They're in, they're in action tonight. They'll be without Jalen Ramsey, Tyler Higby, a couple of other guys. But man, this is uh, this is this is a rough day, and and the Rams are definitely in a fight for that spot in the in the West. What do you, what do you think of this? Well, how's this uh, it's, impact? It's, well, again, it's I guess you can see there's outbreaks all throughout the league. I mean, look at Detroit. I think they had like seven guys on the COVID list yesterday. And so you have guys being pulled off the practice squad to come in there at the last minute to fill in. But, I mean, this this thing is bad. <clears throat> and really, in today's group, there was a lot of good players, particularly, you know, in the case, as you mentioned, Ramsby and Higby and all that. And so, yeah, this this is not good. I mean, it's been spiking now for the last several weeks, but not to this point. Is there any chance, John, you think that they'll get to a point where if this continues or whatever, that they might maybe move some games around like no. they did last year? No. Not this year? No. No, in fact, uh, you know, because they're on an 18-week schedule and, you know, they don't have that uh, week in between, you know, when they had the 16-game schedule and had that uh, bye week where they can play with and move some things around. So if it, if it gets bad enough, then simple as it has been, you got to forfeit. And, you know, if that's going to be the case, you know, both teams, the team that forfeits and the team that, you know, gets the win for the forfeit, they don't get any paychecks. Wow. wow. Yeah. So, so like, the winning team doesn't get a paycheck. That is correct. Boy, that's, that seems bogus considering that it's the other team that mm-hmm. cost them the game. Yeah. Well, and it's also kind of weird that they were able to get it all in last year and everything, but you're talking about just because of the schedule. Yeah, well they move things so they move things around because again, you know, last week or last year, you know, what they had, you have a seventeen you know, seventeen week schedule for sixteen games, but you also had that extra chance if you needed a bye week, you can have a bye week and move some things around. They don't have that this year. Yeah, I saw a thing come across the TV there, Bruce Arians saying uh, Brent, Antonio Brown's future is uncertain mm-hmm. in Tampa Bay. What do you translate that for me? Is he gone? What do you Sounds think? Sounds like he's gone. Yeah, because again, it's like uh, he had the three-game suspension for you know uh, faking his uh, you know not, you know getting a fake uh, ID for the vaccination. And so because of that, I mean, you can see that he's angry and should be angry because, again, I mean, that was inexcusable. Bruce and Arians is angry. Bruce Arians, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure Antonio Brown's going to be angry, too, if he gets cut. But, I mean, here's a guy that didn't want to pay his caterer $10,000, and so he ends up losing $330,000 in fines, you know, or just in pay for missing three games like this. And really, when you think about Antonio Brown this year, He's barely played. I think he's only played four or five games. And you know, with that being the case, it's like uh, he hasn't been a single factor this year. Where last year, he did help them get to the Super Bowl. Now, I know Tom Brady will probably protest. But uh, ultimately, I think that Antonio's in trouble. Hmm. 
Hey John, getting back to the Seahawk game. So how do you uh, how do you sort of take it? Like Bob and I have kind of been going. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the Texans. Yeah. I mean, you have to because last week, John, we were trying to name you know guys on the roster, and it was it was difficult. It was, it was difficult <laughs> to come up with. It's the, a nameless, faceless team, John. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah. we jumped right over all over Jacob Martin and, and Justin Britt. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but other than that, but I mean, as far as the the win goes and everything, I mean, it was. Yeah, it was pretty solid. I mean, it was, uh, you know, there was a lot to like in that game, but how much do you temper it just because it's the Texans? The I, I, think the, I think the big thing is that uh, you just take the positives because, again, they, they played, you know, uh, even though, again, they let the uh, Texans stay in the game too long in the first half, uh, but uh, they blew them out in the second half. But I thought overall, you know, they played – you know, good on offense. They play really good on defense. Uh, the offensive line, I thought, had one of its better games, even though they were missing <coughs> Kyle Fuller and uh, Brandon Shell. Thought they did well there. I mean, how about the the rookie uh, undrafted right tackle and how well he did? Uh, so I thought that was encouraging. But overall, but uh, the big thing is Russell was Russell again, and Russell continues to get better and better and better. I mean, he spread the ball around to ten wide receive ten pass catchers. They were able to have 29 running plays and 28 passes. That was good. Rashad Penny had a great game, his best game of his career. And so I thought that uh, I know that Houston's terrible in being able to stop the run, but still that was a nice win. Hey, as far as Penny goes, and we've got some people, I'll just throw all their questions in together because we had many saying, John, would you re-sign? I saw a lot of this on Twitter. Oh, boy, look at that talent. Look at that. That's what he looks like when he's healthy. You've got to re-sign him. And I'm, I'm like, whoa, slow down. Yeah. Slow down. He did it against the worst rushing defense in the entire league. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that guys get more durable at that position, John, as they get older. He's had three and a half years of it. And I'm not rooting against him. This no. isn't a shot at him. This is three and a half years of one guy, one game of another guy. You, I, I mean – Come on, man. You, if the Seahawks brought him back, to me, it would have to be a veteran minimum loaded with incentives. Yeah, it would be a low price, and he might be willing to take that just because uh, you know, he, he's in that position. It's like, what's he going to be able to get in free agency? Because all the other teams realize that he's had the injury history, and that played against them. I mean, you saw what happened to Chris Carson in free agency. He was out there, and he only pulled $5.2 million when he should have probably gotten eight because of his neck. And so that, uh, you know, I think that could play a big factor. But, uh, I mean, I hope he is able to find a way to come back because he's one of my neighbors, and, uh, you know, you kind of like to see him stay in the neighborhood. Won't you be my neighbor, (laughs) Mr. Rogers? I know. How about that? So if he wasn't in your neighborhood, you'd say, go ahead. I no, no, away. no, no, no. It's like, I mean, he's a good guy. That's that's the <laughs> yeah. one thing. Uh, I mean, certainly the injuries have played a big factor and, you know, has affected his career here. And, you know, were it not for the game yesterday, there probably wouldn't even be a thought of bringing him back like that. But, you know, it's like uh, now I think the thought is there as long as it's for the right price. And certainly they're going to be looking for running backs, you know, because, again, you don't know about Chris Carson. Uh, you know, you don't. You know, you, you want to try to you, you have to see if you can get Alex Collins back and all that. So uh, in the end, I think that, uh, you know, there's now a chance and I wouldn't say it's a great chance, but there's a chance. What What is the veteran minimum for him? Well, I mean, right now it's uh, for next year. What would it be? I guess. Uh, let's see. Next year. Well, again, he was, he'll be in his uh, fifth, fifth year, year, fifth year. So that'd probably be about nine ninety. 
nine ninety, and then they could pack it with incentives, which do count against the salary cap, right? Well, if he gets the incentives, right? Yeah. If he, but whatever he achieves, yeah. because somebody had texted that question in earlier today. If you were, if you put a per, you know, hey, you play X amount of games or X mm-hmm. amount of carries or whatever, and he reaches those incentives, that number, whatever it is, does count against the cap. It does, yeah. Okay, yeah, but again, you know, it's like you can't put too much in there because again, it's a veteran minimum deal if that's going to be the case, and so you know, it has to stay, you know, pretty low. I mean, they can give him a signing bonus and all that stuff, give him some incentives, but they can't do over overdo it because if they do then you don't get the minimum benefit. Well, do you think he'd be the kind of guy that would want to stay home, John? We are yeah. talking about, yeah, because um, Pete was talking about how he's kind of a sensitive guy. Mm-hmm. I feel like Pete kind of, um, you know, relates to him a little bit better. And, you know, maybe it could be a really good thing. I mean, if you get enough incentives in mm-hmm. there to keep him here, huh. What do you think? I mean, again, there's a chance now. There wasn't a chance, I think, before yesterday. But, again, yeah. he put himself in a position where right now you can start thinking about things. Because, again, I mean, you know, certainly when you look at the way that it goes with the uh, likely-to-be-earns, I mean, it's like he's had so few yards before yesterday, there was not going to be any likely-to-be-earns that's going to count against next year's cap. So, uh, no, I think uh, ultimately they can you know, try to see if they can uh, figure something out. And if, if so, uh, then they'll have him back. Because clearly, I mean, the thing that they're going to need to do is if they don't bring him back, they'll need to draft a running back in the second or third round. Certainly, I think they need to get a tackle in the second or third round. And, you know, they need to do a whole bunch of stuff to uh, you know, kind of fix things up for this team. Hmm. John, a lot of, and I'm going to group a bunch of texts together again. Do you think the Seahawks will make the playoffs? No. I think they're going to fall short. I mean, because when you think about it, it's like, okay, uh, they, you know, because, you know, and again, if they beat the Rams uh, or they beat Arizona, then they have a chance to make it. Because I know that, uh, you know, you saw that they blew out Houston. Uh, they t- they should be able to win against Chicago, and I know you're you're a big believer in the Detroit Lions, who did such a great job yesterday <laughs> against Denver. See, that, now uh, we got to explain to Dave what this means because John John's playing around here, Dave. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I've happened. said I've I've just said that the Lion prior to yesterday that they're they're they play hard for their guy. You look at how many times they've lost by mm-hmm. two points. They're in the games. I'm not mm-hmm. saying they were good. He, he's John's dubbed them my favorite team, and I think they're great. No, I don't. I just say they they rarely get their tails kicked. Yesterday they did. Yeah, they did. I mean that was that was a pretty bad blowout. And so uh, yeah, and again, what you worry about is that uh, you know it's like you know Jared Goff didn't play well. They had so many guys that were either injured or on COVID nineteen. There was a lot of problems on that team yesterday, and you don't know if they're going to go away. I mean, particularly too when you have like today, as you mentioned, you know thirty six. COVID cases that are, are are there. I mean, how much more are they going to be spiked? Hey, John, we were talking. So, what you're saying, Bob, is that uh, Clayton is kind of exaggerating? <laughs> no, a little bit. He, he's acting like I said they're guy. on their way to the Super Bowl or something. No, <laughs> he just he, he says, "Well, I don't know. You can't write them off. I mean, they they <laughs> no right." I I don't chalk them up as an automatic win for no. the Seahawks. The way the Seahawks are playing was my point. Mm-hmm. That that yeah. that was my point. Hey, they are playing hard. They're they're losing by two points. Go look at their schedule. How many times they've lost close games? Right. Seahawks were playing terrible at that point. I'm saying no. I don't. I don't write that in as an automatic win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but again, it's like uh, I do because they're okay. that bad. I mean, they're one eleven and one, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it's, it's like they don't know how to win. 
Dan Campbell doesn't know how to win. And, you know, you can see that uh, the team is itself doesn't know how to win. Is this going to be a one-and-done thing for him there? No, Dan I think Campbell? he's going to be okay. I think oh, he'll get really? one more year because, you know, one, say what you want, the players like him a lot. You know, they, you know he, he'll bite their kneecaps off and, <laughs> If they if they do fire him and all that different stuff, but uh, yeah. no, I think they like him enough that he should be able to say. But how about Urban Meyer? Yeah, that was that was the other group of tags people couldn't wait to get your Urban your reaction Meyer. to him. Talking about leaks, he's talking about leaks within the coaching staff or the building, and he says if he finds out who that is, they are fired. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. are or no, he said they're unemployed yeah. immediately. Wait, unemployed. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What secret leaks? I mean, is there secret plays? That they have not run yet? No, it was about him getting into a shouting match with a receiver, right, John? Yeah, Marvin Jones. Yeah, got into a shouting match, and then he supposedly called his assistant coaches losers. Oh, and, this is, and he's saying it's not true, and if, he, if it's coming from inside, you know, as soon as he figures out or finds out who it is, they're unemployed immediately. Yeah, he's calling his assistant coaches losers. Uh, you know, he's now you know, spatting with uh, a lot of the players. A lot of the players last week went over to some of the Ram players and said that, that this guy's just brutal. You know, it's like uh, he's like he treats us all like he doesn't treat anybody on the team like adults. And, you know, and that's what. And again, those are the things I expected from him because all he's dealt with, you know, the college coaches, you know, coach, you know, bossing around teenagers. And so you come into the NFL, and you're not used to working with adults. And so because of that, I mean, you have all kind of problems, you know, getting the players in there. But I'm, I'm glad the stories finally came out that he was so bad. I mean, how about, how about the one story today where, and again, this shows you how aware he is, is that uh, he was talking about one of the safeties on the team and how, uh, you know, he's getting more playing time. And the guy didn't get it down yesterday. I didn't see that oh, story. Yeah, he, he didn't even get it down. And oh, then geez. if you watched him after the game, the 20 nothing loss at Tennessee, I mean, he's walking off, and it's like uh, he he wouldn't interact hardly with anybody. I mean, it was like he was just, you know, just grumpy and, you know, just walked past everybody and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, guys were coming over to him, but, uh, you know, he just wouldn't even acknowledge them. I mean, that's how he is. Well, that's kind of interesting because that, that dynamic, and I've always said this about, you know, as far as uh, head coaches yeah. in the NFL, that you have to have something about you that is like almost like an aura uh, about mm-hmm. you because Chuck Knox, you know, I could whoop Chuck's butt, right? Yeah. I mean, come on. And, and, you know, I hope so. Yeah, and so for for most, you know, head coaches, your players, they make more money than you, mostly. And then, well, some of these guys, maybe not, but, but then, and then, you know, you can, they can all kick your butt. Mm -hmm. So you better, better have some respect. And that was the thing I always talk about how Chuck would walk in the room and the whole room would go dead quiet. Right. Because everybody just respect the hell out of him. But yeah, that's the thing for, for Meyer. And I think, you know, he's probably finding out that you have to earn that, but I've seen what you've seen, John, we saw it on the sidelines when he was here in Seattle, Mm -hmm. that he was over by himself, not talking to his assistant coaches or anything. I mean, they're a bunch of losers. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's right, according Jeez. to him. He's done at the end of the year, isn't he? You have to think so, because think about how bad this could be for the franchise. Now, I know today Shad Khan, the owner, met with the coaches and uh, you know tried to get the updates from them as far as how things are, but there's several things that can happen that are not good for the Jaguars. Number one, if he starts firing some coaches, 
who the heck wants to come in there and coach for Urban Meyer? Secondly, what free agents want to come into a team that the players don't like them? Yeah, I don't know. Is is that a worse situation? You know, after seeing the Texans this week mm-hmm. and looking at, you know, we were talking about every statistical category on either side of the ball. Yeah. They were either 30th, 31st, or 32nd. They're just dreadful on both sides of the ball. Dave just told you about the game. We you, you have a hard time naming more than three or four players on the roster. They're nameless. Right. They're faceless. They seem like they are. In, and then the building, what was it, half full? Maybe close to three quarters? I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's a dreadful situation just across the board there. Is that... Is Jacksonville in the worst? At least they've got a young quarterback who's got some promise. I, I mean, yeah, but again, he's—I mean—he's playing terrible. Well, but they're—they're they're not a good team, and I don't know who expected them to turn it around in one year. But the problem is, he keeps getting worse and worse each week, and now there's the fear that uh, Urban Meyer can ruin him. Hmm. <laughs> Urban Meyer, <laughs> oh, that's your guy there, John. Hey, uh, we were talking earlier, getting back to the Seahawks game. Is there a more underrated player? Than Tyler Lockett, I, I, I'm just trying to think around, and you, you, yeah. you know, follow everybody, John. But it's it's pretty amazing, the number of things that he's done, and everything about him is subtle, including the moves that he makes on the field. He has just this little subtle head nod that gets guys all twisted and turned around. Mm-hmm. I found out this week that was interesting. Everybody was talking about he has the same birthday as Steve Largent. Hmm. And, and now, then, now he has he ties the record of Steve Largent for three thousand yard consecutive seasons. Yeah, and that's what he was talking about, and how they were both, uh, I guess, raised in Tulsa and everything. And that was the thing about Largent that he would do. I always talk about how, like, um, you know, when you put on your T-shirt inside out and backwards, that's how defensive backs would look after Steve Largent would like, you know, put his move on them. They would just be all entirely turned around and twisted inside mm-hmm. out, everything. And, uh, you know, you look at Lockett and the things that he's doing right now, and he's just so low-key, John, that I feel like if he was one of those guys like OBJ that got up and pointed to his, you know, he, he would probably get, you know, maybe more endorsements, things like that. But, I mean, this guy, it, it's incredible what he has gotten done. Just yeah, very I, I agree. I mean, he's been fantastic. And, uh, you know, that yesterday's game was great. The five catches, what, 142 yards, then uh, the big plays he was able to make. Uh, so I think that, uh, you know, what you're looking at with Lockett is that, uh, you know, he's he's just a treasure. And, again, you know, the way he's developed is, you know, no different than the way that, uh, you know, uh, other receivers in this uh, franchise have developed through the years. And so I thought that, uh, you know, that that's so encouraging. But, I mean, he, you know, he, he is – I think he probably is one of the most underrated players in football because say what you want. I know he's got Pro Bowl alternate votes, uh, but the only Pro Bowl he's been to is on special teams. And, you know, he should be a pro bowler. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. He's uh, he's a top 10 receiver in this league, in my opinion, John. Yeah. He's, he's number eight in receiving yards this year. Where would you rank him? Because I, I was talking to Michael Bumpus about this. If we were to have a conversation, all right, best receivers in the league, give me your top 10. You know, if you ask somebody outside of Seattle, mm-hmm. you're going to hear 10 other names, I feel like, before they say Tyler Lockett. Well, and then you're going to hear DK Metcalf before you hear Tyler Lockett because, you know, Metcalf's size and speed and all those different things. And the Buda Baker play just put him yeah. on the map nationally. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think his, his pass catching put him on the map. Well, certainly, but that one, that became, you know, viral. That, mm-hmm. that was everywhere. But what, where would you put Tyler Lockett it, amongst all receivers? I mean, I'd, I'd say top 10 to 12, something like that. 
you know, because and, and I think that number goes up. I mean, technically right now you, you mentioned he's number eight in uh, catches and all that stuff, which I think is great. Receiving and, yards. And yeah. receiving yards. Yeah. So it's like, uh, you know, that 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 I think you know, works to his benefit. So, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, it, it, it let, we'll see how it goes. He's not he's nowhere on the fan voting. But again, that's fans around the league. And, you know, if you don't win, you don't get the fan <laughs> fan vote as well. Uh, but now I think you can see that he's definitely going to get votes by defensive backs around the league, defensive players around the league, coaches, general managers. We'll see where that goes. Looks like the, the Raiders continually being caught up with all of the things that have gone there. That was quite a blowout. Mm-hmm. Uh, Raiders, Kansas City, any uh, any games catch your eye, John? I watched that 49er Bengal game. That yeah. was pretty. That was pretty fun to watch. Yeah, that was good. I mean, that was, that was a fun game. You know, Bengals able to come back and make it interesting, and you know, went down to the very end and all that different stuff. So I thought that was encouraging. You know, I thought you know, yesterday there was like what seven blowouts. So that was that was so different. But boy, in the afternoon games, there were some really good late afternoon games. Yeah. Uh, I mean, certainly that Kansas City game was real good against Buffalo, even though it looked like it was going to be a blowout. And Buffalo oh, Buffalo came, and Tampa. Or Buffalo yeah. and Tampa. Yeah. yeah. Buffalo was able to come back, and so uh, you know, but Kansas City just blowing out the Raiders. You know, the Raiders right now, in the last five games, they've given up thirty-four point two points a game. Thirty-four point two. That's not good, John. You're not going to win many games doing that. That's not good. No. John, we appreciate it. We'll talk tomorrow. All right. Sounds good. There you go. If you missed any of today's cold, hard facts, brought to you by Coors Light, made to chill. Download the podcast at 710sports.com. Our player spotlight coming up will feature Seahawks cornerback Bless Austin. He'll share some revealing insight on why the win over the Texans was bittersweet. That's coming up with Wyman and Bob on 710 ESPN Seattle.